0: Hello and welcome to The bite. Today we have uh, Ross, Steve and myself, Alex, in the uh, new Airbyte office. Yep, just moved in. How are you enjoying it? It's very good, just a lot
1: more space. We've got our own little uh, meeting area now and think space, we like to call it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot more flexible. Uh mm. Yeah, and
1: hopefully we sound a bit better because we're trying to sort out any audio issues.
0: Yep. Yeah, we've really got down the, the cabling a bit better. Last time with our audio setup, we had c- a good bit of cables, yep. conveniently on my desk, yep. but <laughs> I've sorted that a bit now.
1: Producer Alex. Uh,
0: okay, so yeah, today
1: we're going to talk a bit about, um, well, I guess in previous episodes, uh, if, you, if you've been listening, we've been talking about, you know, how we kind of started out, how we learned to code, and started to get interested in business, and uh, Steve and I went to a talk yesterday by John Wright, who was uh, one of the co-founders of Innocent Movies. Uh, and he basically highlighted highlighted a good point about uh the importance of finding good co founders and um, you know, making sure everyone complements each other and obviously that you have the same passion goals. Uh and we thought it'd be interesting to kinda of talk about our experience with that. Um because yeah, there's quite a good there's quite a good story there, I guess. Yep.
0: Yeah, it is a good always a good topic. Um one that I've kind of learned about a lot at uni is in the kind of entrepreneurial Uh, lectures is about co-founding and first of all like whether you should find a co-founder is it viable second of all what type of co-founder and uh, written written essay I believe on the kind of co-founding dilemmas or founders dilemmas there's a good book about it as well and it kind of looks at statistical data of all the different types of co-founders and which was the best that's quite interesting
1: Uh, Uh, have you ever looked for a co-founder or anything Survivor. Yeah,
0: I've not no.
1: Okay, I mean, I guess with Steve and I, we never looked for each other.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I never really like people who say you need to find three founders or you need to find two founders, Uh, because it's a weird thing to say. Because it's very much, uh, I'm not going to say luck based, but it kind of is in terms of who you're networking with and who you find that you can work with long term. Like you can't just go out and say, I'm going to find a co-founder tonight.
1: That's right, yeah. um, It's
2: extremely difficult.
1: Yeah, so I guess about how Steve and I met, we met at university. uh, We were doing the same course and then um, we created a university app uh, for students there at the university. And basically, I think I coded like the first version showed Steve and it kind of just naturally, I had this natural inclination to kind of get Steve on board because I knew he could help. Even, you know, obviously he he knows the Android side of things and I didn't, Uh, but also just, you know, before that we had talked about like kind of sharing the same goals. Like, oh, we've done a stuff before. Um, We kind of have aspirations of mobile and the mobile sector. Uh, So it kind of just made sense to share it with Steve. It was, there was nothing ever like, oh, this is going to be, you know, we're going to go into business over this, but Mm. it was just kind of like, let's share it and see where it goes. It was really natural. Um, And I think that's always like a, important part of it it's got to be natural and people that are like standing up like yesterday at the end of the the talk there was people there being like I'm looking for a co-founder that's interesting I need someone who does this this and this and it's like it's almost like a job advert and it's like Hmm. it's not natural at all
0: yeah yeah and then so when I was kind of looking at the different types of uh, co-founding teams uh, as I remember there were kind of three main co-founding teams first of all was complete strangers so uh, maybe like last night people looking for complete strangers to mm. start start a company with and that obviously has some some benefits pros and cons um second is uh, professional like acquaintances so maybe people you've worked in a business with before maybe know through university third is you know our best friends and that, you know those type of co-founder teams close friends yeah starting businesses together so which which of those three would you say uh Steve and yourself in regards to Airbyte,
1: um, I think we now fall into the third one. Hmm. But for a while, it—I mean, obviously, it started. It pretty much went through every of each one of those stages. Um, and I guess now is like the time to mention where it wasn't actually just Steve and I who co-founded um, Airbyte as an entity. Uh, we had a third founder, um, and he was really influential in actually setting up Airbyte as an entity and and kind of establishing a lot of what we wanted to do um, he was from a creative background we met at university so we were kind of falling into that second group but we met him I think it was through Uniap, he like emailed in and was like oh it would be cool to kind of meet up and and uh, just chat and so yep. we went from the strangers phase uh, to kind of like hey man, maybe we should work together you know, yeah. you know you're quite creative we're obviously quite creative uh,
2: yeah I think we we introduced him to start creating some concepts yeah um, because he was from design background he just wanted to help out so, to try that out, we just started bouncing ideas around, and uh he created some concepts of uniapp and um yeah, we just continued working together
1: yeah, and again it was it was still really informal, really natural, there was not really any like we're gonna turn this into no. a business like that we're gonna be working out every day um yeah, so we we then started transitioning kind of through those each of those phases that y- you spoke about um and yeah, then it it got pretty intense up till uh I struggle to think about how long ago it was. I think it was about four years ago now where um, the third co-founder was actually the first full-time employee. of um, uh, He basically spent some time trying to sell an internal product. Um, and credit to him, you know, he obviously, he, he just graduated and this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to spend some time on it. And uh, he tried and tried and tried. And obviously we've spoken about in previous podcasts how like some sectors are just, you know, such long sales and long sales cycles. And eventually you kind of was just give up, um, and yeah, yeah. so it kind of went that way. Um,
2: yeah, I, f- I think it was, um, I think w- we, he did want us to almost join him on that, on that venture as well. Um, but it was because we didn't, I don't know, it was, it was a, it was a weird time because we didn't really know what was happening with that individual product, and it was, it was a big gamble for us to, to go into it without knowing what's gonna happen.
0: Can you talk about what? project that was. Yeah, yeah, it was was UniApp.
2: And yeah, obviously, this was, we were based up in the the startup shack based on Reading campus. Um, And he was there kind of working there for about six months after he graduated. Um, And we were kind of working together to to launch out and try and build relationships with the university. And I think he also pitched to other universities as well. Um, But this just required... Uh, to be honest, it it didn't require a full time team. Um, we had a product, a working product, and we just needed to sell it. Um, if me and Ross joined them at that time, we wouldn't have been able to do much.
1: No, I think we, yeah, as you kind of s- touched on, we would have had to be like selling, selling, selling. And like, I, I don't really do that. Steve probably would have been more inclined to do that. Mm. But there just wasn't enough kind of potential or it, potential revenue, even yeah. in the remote distance for us to even think about leaving our jobs at that time and going to do that um but you know it was it was kind of the start of where we started thinking okay w- you know how could we do that and you know that's where we wanted to be we we all agreed that you know at that point we were starting to think okay what how do we leave our jobs and and make this into a a full time thing um yeah and we and we were kind of yeah, all three of us were kind of just aiming towards that in d- in different ways, almost like some, you know, he, he eventually went and joined um, a marketing agency um, who were doing really well and, and, you know, was fully invested in that and, and you know, fair play. Um, whilst we were just carrying on kind of doing what we were doing in our kind of own careers at that point. And then we were just kind of waiting and then eventually an opportunity came up um, and it kind of was role reversal where Steve and I were the ones that were like, okay, let's, um, do this full-time mm. now we've got like enough we've got had a you know a couple of contracts that were able to support us and then w- the tables turn we were kind of asking him like do you want to uh come on come on board and do this but you know he was fully kind of committed to to what he was doing and, and we understood that uh um, and yeah so it kind of just ended ended there but there was no hard feelings around it and uh it's just one of those things where it kind of happened we went through all those three stages and I guess only us two kind of made it out of those in the end yep. uh, and it, it kind of came down to a bit what John Wright was saying where you got to make sure you share the same values and it turned out we didn't share the same values in the end we shared like quite a lot of interests and like we found a lot of the stuff interesting but in terms of what we wanted to do in terms of growing a business and and like what we want to achieve in our personal lives and personal goals they didn't quite match up
2: yeah yeah I think uh yeah that's that's Hitting the nail on the head really. And and that's that's the dif- that's the difficulty in the end. Uh having that shared vision with a total stranger if you're trying to find them uh networking event or anything. It's it's pretty hard. Very. Um yeah, but I guess
1: we should try and turn this into kinda of like an advisory way, like how do you mm. find you know y- uh, we we I think it's fair to say that we both would advocate trying to find a co founder, but it does have to be a natural process.
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> and so for your first kind of jobs they were they were contracts right uh that you had the jobs there hmm. and you kind of got together and did those contracts mm-hmm. um so that kind of naturally points you in the right direction and from there you can find people with with those similar, similar interests rather than just saying oh, I've, got, I've got an idea hmm. i need yeah. someone
1: to help me with this yeah. yeah i think as well you don't need to get too bogged down on like whether it is the right person almost like if you're they just have to kind of be uh open and fair like as a person and that's why it's quite hard with strangers because you, you just don't know how it's going to like end up and how it's going to roll. We were quite lucky in that the third founder was not, you know, nasty in the way that they, they left and, and, you know, they could have been, but, um, you know, and, and, you know, they did contribute a lot in their time and we, we always acknowledge that, um, but there's some people that, that wouldn't have left so easily. Um, so you just need to make sure that you kind of, y- you've got someone that you can trust really. And even if things don't work out, you can both kind of shake hands and, and walk away mm. or, or do whatever uh, to keep, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about like that company or what you're building um, because that's what you've always been striving towards. And yeah, eventually you'll work out whether the co-founders are, are a right fit. And if they're not, then you just have to make sure it's easy enough to mm.
2: to sort it out. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's a lot like um, dating reason to be honest yeah um, what you're trying to get out of it is it a long term thing? <laughs> is it a short term thing <laughs> and um I know I think you you have to sh- be up front at the start and trying to work through, through these things um interesting comparison there yeah but I think I think it's right
0: yeah but so Ross, um in terms of that guy you spoke about last night, you know going f- doing a bit of cold calling at the event finding a co-founder yes, do you think that's a good good way to do it um it's it's it's
1: difficult i can understand like why he's doing it and i think yeah. he's, you know it, i mean to stand up in front of a room of people who have you know got companies and all this stuff and be like i really need some help you know doing what i want to do you know admiration for that um i think you gotta think like how you actually end up
0: finding that right again, back to the dating analogy, how do you find the right Mm. person? Yeah, maybe that, yeah, maybe that's my question, should have been phrased, how would you recommend to him, because, you know, uh, you've got some experience, um, you know, obviously, as developers, you guys get approached, Mm. especially with uh, golden app ideas. Yeah. So how, and again, like, uh, to those people, what do you say to them?
2: With, like, I've spent so many, sort of, conversations with people who, have an idea and and they're looking for a partner. Mm. Uh, they're they're very much like wanting to know um trying to get as much as you as they can sort of knowledge o- out of you. And that's what a partner does really. And it's it's kind of to work together. Um but as as we're running a business it's p- extremely hard for us to to continue the cycle 'cause we're already committed to something else. Back to the dating thing. So <laughs> Uh, so you just have to, I don't know, we, we give ad- much as much ad- ad- advice as possible, um, but in terms of finding someone else, it it's what you want, like, what, what do you need a, at that stage? Do you need a, someone who's technical or do you need someone who can listen and bounce ideas off? Um, and it's finding the right person at the right time of, of their career as well. Yeah, I
1: think um, picking up on that point, it's about just getting yourself exposed to as many people, you know, within something that's fairly relevant, if you're looking for Uh, an engineer like go and work at a company that's got an engineering department even if it's like something that you don't want to do because at least you're picking up contacts and eventually you'll find someone who's who's similar um and you just want to kind of know people but what you what you got to be careful of is like using people um and coming across in the fact that you're only really interested if they're willing to be a co-founder and as soon as they're not you kind of drop them because that's that's poor uh, and, and we've experienced that as well. So you don't we
0: take too kindly to to that kind of approach. No, I think
1: it's uh, I think it's quite narrow minded. And I think um, you know, it, it we've kind of, you know, Steve and I have known each other for a long time now, and it's taken a long time to get through those three stages wh- you spoke about earlier on. Um, and I think you, you know, you do pass through all f- all of those stages, and I don't think within like even a month or a couple of months you will go through all those stages. It's a long process, mm. and. You know, a lot of the people that I would, you know, consider, you know, in that realm of people that I would start a business with, it's all people that I've known for like five plus years mm-hmm. because everyone else, I just don't know enough uh, to trust them fully to be able to go into business with them. Mm. Um, and again, it comes back to that trust thing where even if it doesn't work because, you know, we, you know, we get we on each other's nerves or we, you know, it just doesn't work out. It's all about our trust and making sure that we've both got enough trust in each other to, uh kind of say when it's not working and, and put a resolution in place.
2: Most of the guys we um, we work for or with um, our client base, normally they're solo. A lot of the time they've been solo, um, wanting to launch a product. Sometimes there's, there's two of them. Um, I don't think we've had three people
1: no and and john Wright was a, a big advocate of free people he thinks is, you know just enough to complement each each skill and, and again it comes down to like the right free mm. you know steve and i are actually kind of unusual in terms of two founders because we both have quite similar and both have some similar skill sets but we do run a, a dev studio mm. <laughs> so we kind of need it yeah it makes sense yeah we we i think we
0: complement each other well for this type of business and you know product going forward and I guess the the other thing is y- to have a co founding team, it needs to support support both co founders. You know, when you start talking about our three co founders, four co founders, you know, you can start making those serious, um, you know, considerations maybe when you've got investment mm-hmm. and you're starting to really seriously think. Um, but w- you know, when you're maybe creating the MVP or just starting up to to approach people and say, can you please dedicate a lot of time to this? Yeah you know the business may simply not be able to support that in terms of making revenue making money so yeah absolutely I think we kind of had that same problem when it was you know it was a big jump uh, big
1: jump to uh, get three people full-time on board when we've had a a handful of contracts Uh, two people was you know scraping it and one person was okay Mm. Um, another point as well that John Wright came up with was they were all three co CEOs I think they s- were for like the majority of the time, yeah. which is weird. That is interesting. Um,
2: it was up until they got investment.
1: Okay, yeah. So, yeah. And that's a, that's quite strange and probably very unusual because, um, I mean, we when we had uh, three founders, we actually got into quite a lot of deadlock quite a lot of the time, even though there was three people, um, simply because um, there was no overruling leader in the pack uh, and there needed to be someone that made a decision. And so... One of the things was when we restructured it from three people to two. Um, you know, we made sure that someone was kind of taking charge and could call that executive decision, either you know, whether the other person was happy with it or not. It doesn't matter because at least the decision has been made, and and we just found ourselves a lot of the time just talking more than we were doing. Hmm. Uh, so we kind of changed that around, and and I I'd, yeah, I think we'd really struggled with like a co CEO setup. I think that's.
0: Yeah and I guess that kind of goes back to to the pros and cons of of you know found with a friend you know you, you don't want let you don't want to let those those hard decisions um cause differences between you know the f- the famous case of Steve Jobs and Wozniak yeah and the fallout there mm. and you can kind of look at that and see that it it can cause friendships to to break which at the end of the day it's not good
1: no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, down to trust. Uh, You've got to trust that, you know, if everything goes uh, south, that, you know, you, you'll be able to walk away from it and, and still uh, be amicable and, and friendly.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's a lot easier to do, you know, when it's a professional acquaintance to just walk away. Yeah. Um, which I think is why in that book I mentioned, I think it might have been Founders Dilemma. I think the professional acquaintance co-founded team was rated highly. You know c- in compared to in comparison to the other two yeah i can see i can see why that would be
1: um you know i I have seen it where mm. uh kind of non-professionals end up having major troubles and and we almost you know fell into that to that trap but at the moment we were okay
2: yeah, i think we Things we, we do, work yeah. quite hard to separate um work-life balance as well because when when we sort of like hang out outside of work we I mean, we, we talk about work a little bit. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but uh, we, w- I think we do try to get out of that mode. Um, try and get out of the scene. But al- At least sometimes.
1: Well, it's always like, uh, it's kind of different. Like, we're not talking about, like, what tasks we're doing. We're talking about, like, aspirations. Like, what yeah. we want to do. Yeah. How we yeah. want to change the world. And yeah. what products we want to build. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and to be honest, like, even if we were in a business, that's the stuff we we would be talking about anyway over dinner. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a good note to end today's podcast on
2: alright well uh, thanks for listening yep and uh, we'll put the link to the book in the bio that Alex was talking about
0: we will. nice one cheers alright thanks a lot cheers